timeouts for Cincinnati. Durden. Johnny Miller's in there just whacking away with Forster. Four days later, Durden erupted for 45 points, the most by a Bearcat in 34 years, to lift UC to an 81-80 win at Wyoming. It was another heroic performance by Durden at the finish that enabled UC to escape the upset. With the Bearcats trailing by nine with a minute 28 to play, Durden scored seven points in the next minute. He was fouled attempting a game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer and made all three free throws for the win after time had expired. They win it, the gunslinger! As it knocked away, and a break for Cincinnati, Melvin Levitt, there's that 41 and a half inch vertical lead. Baker pushing it up court, now it's hurt. Back to Baker, DeWine for three. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, if you found the show, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 849 subscribers. So close. Need one more to push, push it to 850. I appreciate every single one of you. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, let's get into this college basketball champ week. These next two weeks are two of my favorite times of the year. I love champ week. I'll watch all these other... Smaller conferences and their tournament, their championship games, they are awesome to watch. The Bearcats start Friday. UC is seeded fifth in the AAC tournament and will face the number four seed SMU on Friday, March 12th, 3 p.m. ESPN2. UC is 10 and 10, and they are 8 and 6 in the AAC. They won Sunday, 82 to 69 versus ECU. Mason Madsen and Jeremiah Davenport scored 19 points each. Keith Williams added 16 points as well. Now, like I said, they'll be facing SMU. Now, SMU is 11-4, and they are 7-4 in the AAC. Now, they haven't played since they won on the road at ECU 71-55 on February 8th. Friday will mark the 21st meeting between UC and SMU. UC has a 15-5 to lead in a series. Now, the series is tied 2-2 on neutral courts. 
this is some interesting and hopefully get you some energy, some positivity going into the tournament. The Bengals are the Bengals. The Bearcats are going into the game on an eight-game winning streak versus SMU. The Bearcats also are on a six-game consecutive winning streak in the AAC tournament. They've won eight out of the last nine contests. And the Bearcats have won the last two American Conference titles. Now, we all know last year it was canceled, so we didn't have one. Now, good news. Coach Brand says Mike Saunders should be back for Friday's game. That will give them a whole nine players, including the walk-on Martin, who's been playing a lot more here lately. So, it's going to be a, a uphill battle for the Bearcats, but we'll see what happens. Now, got a guest in today because Jeremy D is not able to join the show, but he is none other than <laughs> Tommy. What's up, brother? Hey, what's up? How y'all doing? Good, man. Good. I know uh, you're not a UC fan, but you you have you have our coach, and he uh. Hopefully, we'll be getting his 900th win. I was hoping it would be in a on a on the UC bench, but that uh, has not happened. But you guys, he, hopefully, he'll win. Uh, where they play this weekend? Yeah, they play, and um, ironically, they play against uh, Oklahoma State in the first round of the Big Twelve tourney again. Um, the team that kept Bob Huggins from getting his 900th win in Morgantown. Right. Yeah, I actually heard an interview with uh, Hugs. He was on the uh, Pat McAfee show yesterday, and <laughs> sounds like the boys are. He gave him a couple of days up, but sounds like he's gonna practice the hell out of them because <laughs> he said they didn't show up Saturday night. So <laughs> oh, they we'll, we'll see what happens. It was it was a rough uh, rough game, you know. I was disappointed, you know. They end up losing by five. They played like well, they played like trash in the first half, and. They're not really a team that can come from behind, but they are still a good team. And, you know, they're going well, to make. Of course they are. They got hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're still a team that can make a good run in the tournament, but, man, they got to be firing on all cylinders. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully a little break, they can do that. So we'll see. And let's hope hugs can get 900. <laughs> there you go. Now, the Bearcats, like I said, they're playing. Well, supposedly they're going to play at three o'clock. Now, these are all the stipulations since SMU hasn't played in basically a month. Um, from what I understand, if they are COVID-free, then we play at 3 o'clock on Friday. If they have a COVID-positive test 48 hours before, then the seeds all move up and UC would play Wichita State, which I would rather play SMU because they haven't played in a month. But if they have a positive test 24 hours before, then SMU would just forfeit and UC would get the victory. Now I hope that they just play because I mean I we just I'm done with this COVID stuff. I just wanted to play basketball and uh, get this tournament going because like I said, this, I don't know about you, this is my favorite time of year. I love this. I will like I said, I'll watch college bat. I'll watch these random conference games just to see them. It, it it's fun. I don't care if they're little schools or not. It means as much to them as it does. To the big boys. It's March Madness for a reason, dude. It's a, it really is. It's a, 
you know, we like seeing these Cinderella schools come out, you know, knock off the big boys. Uh, they don't knock off uh, West Virginia this year, you know, like, uh, but, you know, that happened a few years back when uh, one of uh, uh, Huggins is, uh, you know, beat him at um, Stephen F. Austin. I mean, Stephen F. Austin killed him. And, well, I didn't like it because it was WVU. That's what the tournament's about, watching these little guys come in there and take it to the big boys. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, what, uh, well, it was probably three years ago now that um, Virginia got knocked off. They were number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They got knocked off by a 16 seed, and that was the first time ever. And then they turned around and won the whole tournament the next year. And yep, that was first time ever. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, do me a favor. Try try to jump off and jump back on again. Let's see see if you get a better connection because it's coming in and out again. Yep. Like Crip said, smoke signals. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the internet, man. That happens sometimes. So, like last time he was on, it was it was perfectly fine. But let's see here. All right, we got some UC talk. UC won't be in the tournament for the first time in a while. It's sad. Um, yeah, there's uh, a very good possibility that that'll happen. I mean, they, I still, like, I'm still giving them hope because if they win the whole thing, then they're in. It's automatic bid. Uh, it's going to be extremely hard. Like I said, they're only going to have nine scholarship players or nine players total, eight scholarship players and a walk on, you know, and I don't think the other walk ons are, they won't get in. Um, but Martin's the only one that's, They've been given any playing time too, in, in crucial uh, situations. So it's going to be very, very tough for UC to win. Um, I should have. I think I, I got uh, a reach out to Terry Nelson. I think he's going to try to come on the show Friday after he gets off the air. So hopefully we can uh, talk about what happened in the UC game. Hopefully we'll be talking about a win. We should be talking about a win. I mean, SMU hasn't played in a month. UC's been on a roll. They've been playing. I don't care what anybody says. They've been playing really well here here lately. I know people are like, I I got an argument with a guy at work, and he's like, oh, Brandon, Brandon's not the coach. I said, oh, yeah, why? He doesn't have moxie. So what the hell does that mean? What does moxie mean? Well, you know, he doesn't have it. I said, okay, what is it? Moxie. What's moxie? And he, he just, he couldn't answer me. I'm like, okay. Like, well, you do know they've won every game except two since they've gotten back. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure why, People are so hard on Brandon, but they are. Tommy, you're back. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Hopefully it's better this time. That sounds good. You sound you sound much better than you are. You were sounding like a robot there for a little while. <laughs> Tommy the robot. <laughs> I'm saying, man. We still in college basketball? Yep, still in college basketball. What do you got? I'm just saying, you know, obviously I'm a WVU fan. You know, we're all Reds Meagles fans in here. Some of y'all Bearcats, Buckeyes. I'm probably in the very, very small minority of a Mountaineer fan. You know, of course, you know, we got Huggins. But if you do watch uh, West Virginia, one of their best players right now is a point guard, Miles McBride. We call him Deuce McBride. Our product yep. of Bowler Archbishop High School. <laughs> there you go. Now, I know you got some uh, got some stats. because I know I got some Xavier and some Kentucky fans. On here, you got it. Got it. I know Kentucky. Let's see here. Uh, Kentucky is the third seed, I think. I didn't write the number down. <laughs> that would that would help if I wrote the number down. Uh, but they're taking on Mississippi uh, at 11 a.m. in the. It's on the SEC network. Now UK is 15 to one odds 
to win the thing. I don't think uh, I, I, they they could win it too. Who knows? We'll have to see. I got so I got so all right, see all right, see while you're gone, I brought up uh started defending Brandon, so I got some uh I got some conversation already. All right, uh, Ethan, like the Brandon hire because high school scoring teams other than Virginia and Syracuse are able to make real runs in the NCAA tournament. Still wish Huggy Bear could be here, but the only thing that worries me is Brandon's recruiting. That's one thing people are getting on him for his recruiting this year. And the thing is, people don't understand. I was listening to his post-game show the other day, and I don't he hasn't been able to go see anybody. You know, like you know, like a year. They haven't been able to get out there and physically recruit. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but it's kind of hard to to you know get a kid that goes 19, you know, 18, 19 year old kid or 17, 18 year old kid to commit to a school they've never been to and they can't go visit. So, you know, it's I know everybody's on his on his on his case for his recruiting, but like he said, I think it's I thought he said March 15th, he's able to go out and start recruiting again. And the big thing is going to be the transfer portal. There is going to be there since COVID happened, they're basically letting everybody transfer for one year. If you want to transfer for almost any reason, it's going to be like the wild, wild west. So there's going to be lots of guys transferring. So that's where I'm not sure when that the portal opens. I'm sure it's going to, I would think it'd be after the tournament and everything. But once that happens, He's going to have to jump on it, and I think we're going to get a lot of transfers, and he's going to have to start recruiting for you know 2022 because it's or for yeah 2022 2023 season because it's it's hard to recruit. I mean, people are like, well, these schools already have have uh, players locked up. I'm like, well, I know their coaches have been there more than a year and a half. <laughs> like that's all Brandon's been here, so you kind of got to give him a, a break on the recruiting and look at the guys he has recruited. These kids can play. We got some freshmen and sophomores that can play, but the problem is they're freshmen and sophomores. That's why we turn the ball over all the time. That's why we make stupid freshman sophomore mistakes. It's gonna be a lot different when they're junior seniors. Now, you, like I said, you need he needs to add talent to it, and I believe I believe he will do it. You know, obviously, you know the reason I, um, you know, was talking about BMWVU is, you know, I don't follow the other colleges, you know, as close as I do as WVU. A lot of us college fans don't. Right, but, right. But I am aware of uh, Cincinnati. You know, I, I do FanDuel a lot. I play the fantasy college basketball on FanDuel. So, you know, <laughs> I follow a lot of the teams. And, right. Um, uh, one thing about it is you you hit it perfectly when you said uh, Cincinnati, you know, is a young team and they're making mistakes. Well, the more these young players get a play right now, just wait till they're juniors right. and seniors. They're going to have hey. a very – team exactly and, that that's another thing i was saying i'm like these freshmen and sophomore these these minutes and games that they're getting are, are invaluable i mean freshmen don't play this much as, as we've had to have our freshman play and and dude mason madsen that dude is a shooter uh easton he is going to be a great i mean a great college basketball player i think he's gonna be really good he's i'm not saying Kenyon martin but he has i like his game He's athletic, he's tall, he's long. And the thing is, he can actually, you know, play in the perimeter. He's like, you know, the new 21st century big man. He can play from the, from the outside, too. So I think we got a lot of stuff going for us. I know everybody's upset because 
They're not playing defense like Bearcat defense, which we're not. I agree we're not. We're turning the ball over way too much. We're not playing that good. I agree with all of that. But there are reasons for that. And it's a lot to freshmen and sophomore. And he's got, they got nine guys. So guys are trying too hard. They're trying to do too much because they know there's only nine players. And I don't care. You can have the greatest nine players in all college basketball. It's still going to be tough for them to play because you only have nine, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I, you'll hear a lot of people say, well, you know, eight or nine players, that's still plenty because you only got five on a team. But if you look, and even if you look at like the bigger schools, they're playing 11, tw- 11 to 12 guys per game. So that's right. a huge difference when you only have nine. You don't have the depth. You got guys that's going playing games longer, and they are gassed by the time, yeah. um, you know. In the well, the thing half. is, too, is these other schools like like West Virginia. You guys have got guys who've been in the hugging system the entire time they've been there. And I don't know if you do this or not. But I know some colleges like Houston, they have two or three fifth-year seniors. You got a fifth-year senior in college right now? That's that's immeasurable how, how much that helps as far as just controlling the team and calming everybody down and getting them in the right spots and because they know it. You know, they, they don't even have to think about it. Like I said, we're playing – 90% freshmen and sophomores. We basically got three. We got three seniors. We got Vote. We got Keith Williams and Mamadou. And that's it. <laughs> and none of them are playing awesome. I mean, Vote is, he's been frustrating as hell. And I, I think for him, what's hurt him this year was the, the offseason. He couldn't go work out and get in the gym and do what he, what he needed to do to really improve himself. But there's glimpses where he plays so good. And, and, uh, and the thing is, with people talk about the defense. This team, two, three things they do terrible. They don't play very good defense. They foul too much and they turn the ball over. You say, well, those are very, those are very fixable things when they become juniors and seniors. You know, that, that doesn't happen to, to junior and senior led teams. And these kids, the ones that are playing, I don't think are going anywhere. Hopefully, Zach Harvey will come back. I don't know. But the other thing is, he's had five guys opt out. And people are like, well, what's that tell you? I'm like, well, that tells me that, well, one, the one kid from Europe, he went over and he couldn't play here, so he went over to Europe and got paid and started playing. So that's why he did that. And Michael uh, DeJulius, he just said, which I understand this. It's um, He needed basically needed a mental break, I think. He opted out because every day they're getting tested two, at least two times a day. Make sure you don't have COVID. So you got to make sure you don't go around anybody. You're not supposed to. You can't go anywhere. You can't do this. You got to watch what you're doing. You got to go to class. You got to practice. You know, they don't get a break. So I can understand the mental wear and tear on these kids. You know, and it's not just him. I mean, it's it's happening all over college basketball, but some of them can handle it and some of them can't. Some of them just need a break. Right. I mean, you know, they get overwhelmed, you know, yeah. and that's one thing, you know, it goes just like with being a student athlete and a lot of people, um, you know, if you've never been a student athlete, then you don't understand it altogether. But these student athletes can get overwhelmed. You know, not all of them is just taking, you know, cupcake courses. Some of them are actually trying to get a degree. They've got a lot of work to do. Then they got practice. And then, you know, they try to have a social life. And, you know, Which like they really, they, that's the thing. They really can't have a social life. They can't go anywhere, you know? Right. And, uh, but, you know, and that's one thing you were talking about, like the seniors, you know, don't have a lot of seniors on the team in Cincinnati. And I know West Virginia is the same way. You know, what's great about COVID is 
these guys have a chance to come back. They can yes. they can opt in for an extra year of eligibility, and honestly, mm-hmm. a lot of them should because I know yeah. you can go overseas and get paid, but you know, depending where you go overseas, how much money are you going to make? I, there's a lot of pro players overseas making twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I know they're getting paid, but you know, we know living in the real world, twenty twenty to twenty five thousand dollars isn't a lot of money. Right, and one of the thing is, everybody's goal is to make the NBA. So if you have another right. year, so say say Chris Boat and and Keith Williams and Mamadou want to opt in for another year, so they'd be fifth year seniors. I mean, they, I almost think that'd be the best thing for them because they get another year to to develop. And this year is so messed up. It's just it it's not a good year to judge anybody. I don't think I'm not saying about the Bearcats, any college basketball player on what they had to do because it's just not a normal year. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's uh, and that's another thing. You know, we were talking about players being overwhelmed, but just think of all the COVID protocols that they have to go to go through. I know you, like me, have probably got the got the COVID test maybe a time or two, but these guys are getting tested all the time. And oh, yeah. I don't know anything, but just imagine that little thing just being shoved up in there, you know, tickling your brain, you know. You know. <laughs> And while it's going I mean, on, you're praying that it's not positive because it's positive. Then, oh crap! Okay, who was I around? What teammates was I around? Who, you know, how does this affect this? I was like, all this goes through their mind. So, it, like I said, everybody needs to give all college basketball players a break this year on on what it is it. And UC isn't the only one that's struggling. I mean, Kentucky, unless they, they're in the same boat, unless they make when the SEC tournament, they're not going anywhere. I think Duke, North Carolina, are kind of the same boat. I mean, there's I, I Kansas, I think, is actually moved up a little bit, but the, the top dogs, there's a very good chance that most of them aren't going to be in there. No, they're not. It's, uh, you know, and that just shows how crazy this COVID year is. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I don't follow Kentucky basketball like, you know, a lot of people do, and I'm sure there's some Kentucky fans in here. I don't know what you all thought about the year, um, you know, before it even started, but I'm sure nobody predicted that it would be like how it is how their years went right now. I mean, it's just been a real disappointing year for them. Oh yeah. The Kentucky fans that, that I know are, have been depressed and, and not wanting to come out of their houses and has nothing to do with COVID. It's because Kentucky sucks this year. <laughs> They're not very good, <laughs> but, you but you know, me. yeah. And, and that's see, <laughs> you, you go with coach K has, he has a, all freshmen. They're all freshmen. I gather yeah, talented freshmen, but again, they got to go through the same thing that everybody else does. They can't go out with their friends. They can't do this. They can't do that. You know, they got all this other stuff going on around them, you know, that they have to concentrate on. And then, oh, yeah, hey, we got to play basketball. So, I mean, it's it's just the way it is this year. I mean, hopefully we're getting through this thing. And, and next next year it'll be a normal college basketball season. But, like I said, this this week and next week I take the, I take the week off work. So, I, have, I watch college basketball. From like when it starts, well, the playing games, which is what I call them, they I think they still they call them like the first two rounds. They do them on Tuesday and Wednesday night. I call them the playing games still, but I watch those. I watch the first the first day. I watch all of it from morning till night. I'll be up till ten o'clock at night <laughs> watching some of these games. And my wife's like, "Aren't you done yet?" And I'm like, "Blair, I'm like, nope, I'm good. Let's keep going." <laughs> but yeah, oh, I got, I got to do that. 
I can't do that. You know, like you, you know, I can't, you know, take the whole week off to watch basketball. But, you know, I'm like a lot of people in here. Thank God for smartphones. Right. I'll be watching a lot of them on my. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's a lot that we'll be doing. But this is just what makes, you know, the tournament makes college basketball just so exciting. And, you know, and that's why. And I'm like you. I'm going to be watching every game possible. I'm going to be looking for the upsets. And, you know, as long as it's not my team. So, you know, I can point and laugh at <laughs> and go, ah, 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 ah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, trust me. I'm sure. I'm sure if if, if all I, if UC for some reason loses, uh, trust me, people will be the Brandon haters will be coming after me. They'll be blowing me up. Say, I told you he's not a good coach. Like, uh, we'll see. It is what it is. Sports, man. How long has he been in Cincinnati? This is only his second year. Yeah, I mean, in college, you got to give a coach at least four years. I right. Mean, that's it, I think. Well, you know, in any sport, four, you got to give him four Four yeah. normal years. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, and, uh, I mean, they didn't. he didn't get into the – this would be the first time – that he's been able to coach in the AAC tournament. We didn't get to that point last year. I think they flew down there, and that's when everything got shut down. So they had to turn around, and fly right. back, and basketball was it just was over, which really sucked for the seniors on the on the team. That, that was yeah. an awful way to end their in their career. It just was it, it was over. They didn't get a chance to go in the tournament or or any of that stuff. But uh, so you got any information on uh, Xavier or, or Ohio State or anything like that? And what what the what they got going on? Now, I don't have a lot on Ohio State. And, you know, I was going to apologize to your Buckeyes fans in here, but I'm not because <laughs> I'm not a Buckeyes fan. <laughs> so I don't have a lot. But, you know, I will say, you know, if you do have some Buckeye fans in here, this would be the perfect time to throw some comments up, you know, what you think about the Buckeyes in the Big Ten tournament and the, uh, and actually in the, in the NCAA basketball tournament. Because Ohio State does have a really good team this year. Yeah, Ohio State's problem is they don't have a big guy. And me and Jeremy talked right. about that. And that's what's killed them the last couple games that they played. They don't have a big guy. And if they're not hitting their threes, they're in trouble. So, I mean, they, they got to make sure they're hitting their, their outside shots. And the big, they, don't, they don't have a big guy. I mean, they don't have, a, a I think, 6'8", I think, is the tallest guy they have. So, it's it's... I went from believing Ohio State could make a Final Four run to, I don't know, they might uh, they might get to the 16, maybe Elite Eight. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll root for them. I mean, but, you know, I, I just – I don't I don't see it right now. But, I mean, Gonzaga is undefeated, and everybody keeps talking about how, how great they are. Man, they haven't played anybody. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, literally, what, who have they played? Well, they did play West Virginia and beat them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to start the season. But they beat West Virginia by, like, I think it was five points. So, you know, it was a really good game all the way down to the wire. And I would love to play Gonzaga again because I'd love to see how both teams grown from, right. you know, playing early season at the end. But, you know, you were talking about Ohio State and the big man. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough when you're almost one-dimensional like that because – you know, like you were talking about how they have to rely on their three-point shooting. You know, I'm not saying they are, so forgive me, Ohio State fans, but that's a team that could be put on upset alert with the way things go in the in the tourney because these smaller schools, if you're one-dimensional, 
they can match up with you for for a game or two. And right. You got a team, and you got a team like South Central Louisiana State, the Mud Dogs. They'll come in and they'll just uh, <laughs> the Mud Dogs. I like it. They'll get right to you. But I, right. I do have some Xavier, I do have some Xavier numbers for you. You know. Go ahead. They're, we they're got getting ready to start their journey. You know, it's yeah. Uh, they're seated going up against number ten Butler, and that's going to happen tomorrow at six. And it's actually going to be on Fox Sports One. Okay. And um, Xavier is another team that I like. I always like Xavier, even though you know I'm not from the Cincy area. I've just I've liked Xavier. I've always thought that they were a really good basketball school. I know this year hasn't been as great, but they got a good matchup tomorrow night against Butler. You know, yeah. Butler's tenth. Yeah. You know, just said uh, Butler isn't having that <laughs> that good of a year. You know. Ever since their championship uh, game run, you know, right. things have went down downhill a bit. Man, I can't remember the name of their coach, but you know, I know he's with the Celtics. I, I, I yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he was he was at the Celtics. He, he is at the Celtics. Celtics now. I can't think of the coach now. To be honest, but, I don't watch Butler that much. I mean, I watch. See, I like I said, I watch a lot of college basketball. I don't necessarily pay attention to who the coaches are or whatever. I probably should seem like do a sports show, but you but, know. But, but yeah, I, Jennifer's got an interesting I, comment up here. Let me put, I had this up earlier. I'll put it back up there. Said, did you see Iceman that Ohio State football has been delayed this week due to COVID? I hope it doesn't affect the basketball. No, I had not heard that. But, I mean, there's so many different COVID things. I mean, it's starting to slow down a little bit. But, no, I didn't hear that. And hope it, hope, yeah, I don't – it shouldn't affect the basketball because, I mean, sure, they're, they're keeping the basketball and the football players, you know, separated. So, hopefully that won't affect them. But one thing I do want to get out there – um, that I'm going to put together um, a strawberry ice bracket challenge. It's going to be like probably through I don't know, CBS or something like that. So, I mean, no money or nothing like that. Just bragging rights of who can, uh, who, you know, has the best bracket or whatever. So I will post that on the uh, strawberry ice page and I'll put it in Bearcat Ruckus and I'll probably share it on um, Bearcat Country as well. So look for that. Um, like the seating comes out. Uh, Sunday night, so hopefully I'll, I'll get that get that set up. I might I might ask Tommy to help me out with that because Tommy's Tommy's a really good computer guy, and I, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm just good at talking sports, <laughs> but I do want to put that out hey, there. So if you guys keep an eye out for that, what's up, Tommy? I said, yeah, we'll get it up, man. You can go somewhere like CBS. We can set up a group, send it out there. People can just go sign up, you know, fill their brackets out, and I'm going to tell you right now. I suck at it. <laughs> no, I thought you were, were going to talk smack and start throwing it down like Tommy. Hey, I'm a badass. Let's let's put it this way. Um, my wife, which my wife, she's my wife is highly knowledgeable in sports. I mean, you know, I, that's one of the reasons I married her. Baseball, football. She'll put. Well, we'll do a bracket. Maybe I should have her on the show then. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we do a bracket every year. And usually what it is is a month's worth of dishes. Ah, okay. We do that here and it's a month's worth of dishes. Well, I'm going to tell you what I did. Last year, I went and bought a daggone dishwasher. <laughs> She's beat you that many times, huh? She kills me. Uh, <laughs> That's a smart man. Now, I got a question for you. With, with, with brackets, like, are you one that fills out multiple different brackets or do you fill out the same bracket and just put it in different different uh, pools or whatever? Um, 
I do multiple. I do multiple different ones, and um, I mainly because, like I said, I'm not very good at them, so uh, I I never want to just stick with one. I may fill out five or ten. I, actually, I think I only fill out about five a year, and I'm just hoping one. Of, it's like it's like the lottery. I'm just hoping I'm picking numbers, and my ship will come in one time. So. Yeah. Well, my my dad always he always makes a bracket for our family or whatever. And he he will make multiple brackets in the same group. I'm like, you can't do that. He goes, sure I can. I'm like, what? That's like, either like, you can do it too. He'll be like five of them. I'm like, what? I say like, you can do it in like different groups, but you don't make five different brackets in the same one. I'm like, oh, whatever. He 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 kills me with that. <laughs> like, that's not that's that's cheating. I'm like, that's not that. Hey, Leah wants to know what do we think about the Bengals not using the franchise tag on Carl Lawson and Willie J three today? I'm honestly I'm okay with it because if if I if I was going to tag one, it would have been Lawson, but it's a huge salary cap hit. And what I think the Bengals are trying to do is obviously sign them, and they want to front load the contracts. That way, they get their money. And it gets off the books quickly. And later on down the road, it's not as big of a salary cap hit as one year. Cause you got to be the what the top the, pay the top three. Is that what it is, Tommy? Yeah, it's the top three. And you know, and that's what it is. Um, you know, when it comes to the tag, when I seen this today, I know a lot of people were like, Oh gosh, here we go. Mike Brown again, not want to spend any money. Uh, right. But you know, that's not the case. I think the the reason they're not planning to do it is like you said, I think they're going to try to sign these guys and Lawson Lawson is worth the, uh, the franchise tag. I don't think they want to do it. I think they want to do like what you talked about. They want to front load a contract, but WJ three, as much as I like Willie Jackson, you know, he's just not worth top three money. You know, yeah, he's not. He's about, he's a really good quarterback. He's not top three though. He's just not right. You know, so to tag Will to tag Willie Jackson, they're actually going to lose. They're actually going to eat more money. You know, in a year that they have all this cap room that they can actually go out and do something with. And I would like to see him sign both of them. I'd like to see see him uh, sign both of them for about yeah, what four years? What do you think? Four yeah. year deals, good deal. Yeah. Four year deal works for me. I mean, the thing is, though, no NFL contract is guaranteed. So that's why they want to front load it. So the only part of the contract that's guaranteed is the bonus money and probably the first year. And then after that, if they don't live, live, live up to the contract, the Bengals can cut them. So that's why I, yeah, four years is plenty with me. I, I wouldn't go any farther than that. Now, here I put this on uh, Sports Strawberry Ice page. Uh, it's the full list of tagged players. And it's not that many. I mean, Broncos tag. Safety Justin Simmons, the Jets tag safety Marcus Marcus Mai. Uh the Washington football team had to figure out what that was. Washington football team, they ta- tag guard Brandon Safer, the Bucks wide receiver, Chris Godwin, the Jags offensive tackle, tackle Cam Robinson, the Giants, defensive lineman, Leonard Williams, the Bears, wide receiver, Allen Robinson, the Patriots, offensive tackle, Jay or Taylor Morton. Which that was one of the guys I was kind of hoping the Bengals would get, but I thought he would get tagged. And the Saints tagged safety Marcus Williams. So the thing is, though, with 
they're not tagging these guys. This week, we've already seen big names released. There's going to be even more big names, and hopefully, just for Bengals' sake, if there's some really good corners and some really good line linebackers that kind of flood the market, it might help bring the cost down and make it easier for the Bengals to sign Willie J3 and Carl Lawson. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, that's what, you know, we don't really know yet. I mean, the NFL still hasn't officially came out with their uh, salary cap yet. Right. So, they do, you know, they just they just came out to like yesterday at the, at the end of the day was saying that they're not moving the tag deadline. So that was just confirmed like late last night. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so a lot of these teams are still in limbo trying to figure out what they want to do because I don't know what the exact number is now, but I was looking at over the cap. They over the cap usually update, has a good update on uh, what the uh, cap room is for each team. And I think still over half the NFL teams are either $3 million under the cap or less all the way mm -hmm. up to, I think, still like $19 million over. I know the Steelers, uh, oh, I cussed. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you're not cussing on my show. <laughs> Squealers. Uh, I'm sorry. The, um, the, I call them, down here, we call them the Fighting Terry Bradshaws. There That's you go. We'll go with that. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, um, you know, they restructure Ben's contract, and, you know, they're not, they're still not 30 million over the cap anymore, but they're still over the cap. And that's where a lot of the teams still are. So mm -hmm. they need to know where this, uh, what the cap's going to be because they're going to make more uh, cuts to try to well, get they're gonna the cap. To. That's yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, that's kind of what, what I've been saying. I'm like, I'm like, you can't, that's another reason like Duke even kind of said it yesterday in his press conference that it's a fluid situation right now. That's one of the reasons I don't think they, they tagged them is because they don't one They don't know what the cap is. Two, they don't know how many guys are going to be out there that got cut, and if they it floods the market like I think it's going to, it's going to hurt the free agents, you know? Because yeah. you can get guys that are cut, you know, to replace the ones that are free agents. So, And it's it's going to get to the point where it's the wild, wild west, man. It's going to be a money grab, and the Bengals better be ready to, to pull the trigger quickly and, and smartly. Oh, absolutely. I mean – I kind of like their laid-back approach right now because they're going to let a lot of these teams, you know, push the panic button and, you know, be like, well, I got to get rid of this player. I got to get rid of this player. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to signing players, once that player is open and once this free agent market, uh, you know, begins on what, the 15th? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to um, – when they make an offer to a player, they bet – like you said, they better be ready to pull the trigger real quick because, you know, you don't know who's going to swoop in. And, and the Bengals have a huge advantage at this. And I'm sure we're going to talk about Geno soon. Yeah. And, you know, getting, you know, if they do something with Geno, that's just going to increase that cap space and more money for him to spend. And like I said, they're just in the driver's seat. I mean, I'm pumped over oh, the free agency. And I think that they're going to – I think they're going to spend a lot, and I think they're going to get a lot in – we're going to be pumped going into the draft. Yeah. And Leah's saying, what, what, what do we think the Bengals are? are and they, she said it's about the Bengals trying to trade Gina, which I don't know. I, I mean, to be honest, they I think they might be trying. 
but I don't think anybody's going to give anything for him because why would you give give something up for Geno when if the Bengals cut him, which they're most likely going to, you can get him cheaper. So I I think the Bengals are trying to trade him, yeah, so they can get something for him. They don't have to just cut him, but I don't I don't see it happening. I think he's just going to get cut, you know. But but the thing is, and I think Bobby Hart's going to get cut. But it's like um, I can't remember who was the who it was on the chat, but somebody said it was Nick. I, I don't remember. Anyway, he said they probably won't cut Bobby Hart till they you know fill the tackle position, which they might not. We'll have to wait and see. And and the more this gets closer to the draft and free agency, they might just sign two guards and go draft Sewell or Slater or something at, the, at that fifth pick. Yeah, I mean, they can. And uh, really in free agency, they don't have to sign a brand-new football team. They just got to get a couple of key pieces. And that's what I think that they're going to go after. But, you know, what I really like about, you know, with all that cap room, is if somebody really, really sweet comes up, you know, I, I'm not even going to name names, but if there's a sweet free agent that gets cut, you know, they'll have the room to go after him. I'm not saying they will because I'm like you. I think that they're just going to go after a couple of guards. But, you know, it's nice to have that cap room and have that money being like, oh, man, so-and-so just got uh, cut. I think we're going to go after him. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the guards yeah. that they're going after heavily is uh, Tooney. Yeah, I really do think um, said bring Tooney home. <laughs> I do like the article um, that we have up. Uh, I like the article that you have up on Sports with Strawberry Ice about like the Patriots aren't going to tag Tooney, Tooney because you know that doesn't mean they're going not going to try to resign him, but that's right. going to give Bengals an opportunity, and that's what yes. they need. They need an opportunity. And, well, that I think yeah, that that has. With with the trade that they that made with the Raiders, I think that really pretty much locks it up that Tooney is going to make it to free agency, and the Bengals got a shot at signing them. Yeah. Now William House says, "I'd love to see the Bengals get Bud Dupree." Now, how messed up would that be? Because he, we'd have to you know cleanse him if he comes here because you know he's got all that orange and black all over him and stuff. So I, I don't you know we have to get him all nice and clean first before before we put you know or not orange cleanse orange cleanse of the, of the yellow and whatever the hell that color is, you know, for the Steelers, and, but it cleans it with some orange and black. But uh, I don't know. That would be, that would be interesting. But like I said, it's hard. Like I said this before, I don't really care who they sign. As long as they sign the right guys, you know, whoever that is, the right guys for the right price. Cause the Bengals have to be smart with their money. And I've said this on here lots of times. And I think last year they were smart with their money. Except for not getting the offensive line, which we've all you know said that a million times, but I think they're going to be—they got money, and they're going to be smart with it to be able to get more than just one or two players. I, I got a good chance. I got a good feeling we're going to have at least three new offensive linemen. I think it's going to be the more I've read and just what the uh, Duke Tobin and Zach and other articles are read. I really think that they are going to get two guards. I think two needs to be one. I'm not sure who the other one is because Tooney's the one everybody keeps talking about. Or Thuney. I keep saying Tooney. Thuney. And then they're going to hope that that uh, Sewell is there, which there's a chance he could be. I mean, I know when the Bengals started winning, everybody's like, oh, there goes Sewell. Like, well, not necessarily because I still think that there should be a run on quarterbacks. I think there's going to at least be two, three, maybe four taken, you know, in the top 
four picks. I really do think that's going to happen because what all NFL teams want is what the Kansas City Chiefs were able to do, what the Seattle Seahawks were able to do, what the Bengals are in the process of trying to do. You get that young quarterback and you get him under that rookie deal and you have money to build around him. And that is the most economical way to win a Super Bowl. And I just think that's – I think it's going to be hard and these guys – and these guys overthink stuff way too much. Like all the stuff they're talking about Justin Fields, I think it's ridiculous. Justin Fields should be the second pick in the draft. You ask me. I saw the man play. <laughs> he can play quarterback. But, you know, they, they overthink stuff. And that's the thing. They're going to overthink things. They're going to take, you know, quarterbacks higher than they probably should because they're a quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people um, or a lot of teams are, have always done that. They try to trade up for a quarterback you don't see a lot of teams trading up to try to get an offensive lineman or a uh, defensive lineman or you know it's usually a skill position and it's like quarterback or maybe wide receiver we may see somebody try to come up and make a run for like Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase and I agree with you I think that somebody's going to come up to try to get their quarterback because you've got four quarterbacks that um can easily go in the top 10. You know, I'm just going to run them down real quick. Now you got Trevor Lawrence. Well, Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville. That's, yeah. we know that's happening. You know that. I, I think the you Jets got, are taking a quarterback. And they very well could. And a lot mm-hmm. of teams really like uh, Zach Wilson out of BYU. Right. You know, mm-hmm. yep. he's a good one. And uh, Trey Lance, that North Dakota State quarterback, yep. you know, he mm-hmm. he's getting a lot of hype because last year, right. 30 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, I I don't think he's going to be uh, – I don't think he's ready to be a top-tier quarterback, but as long as teams bite on him, you know, that's going to yeah. play into the end as well. So Right. Because somebody – you know, because let's just say worst-case scenario and um, Swell isn't there. You know, you get a couple of these quarterbacks, and if they don't go in the top five, that gives the Bengals a chance to trade down if they – Exactly. Um, you know – if nobody's there. So that way they don't really have to reach. They may be able to trade down and get somebody like Slater or Darisol, you know, at tackle, who both are really good tackles, and then mm-hmm. they can get something else in turn out of it too. So I, I just think Cincinnati, even though they didn't have a good record this year, I just think they're in a good driver's seat for everything right now in this offseason. I mean, I think it's just set up perfectly for them, and, you know <laughs> – like I said, I'm just pumped. I'm just so excited to see yeah. what happens in the draft. Because don't forget, we're, we're, they did draft last year. Yeah, you and me are like uh, kids on uh, Christmas Eve. We're like, oh, what's our presents? What's our what presents are we going to get? I can't wait to see it. I'm like, I'm checking stuff all the time. I'm like, what are they going to do? I'm like, I cannot wait. So, uh, <laughs> Leah's got a question here. She said, "What do you guys think about Armadillo's comments about upgrading our defense with?" Pass rushers and corners. <laughs> you know why I'm laughing this because we uh-huh. actually talked about then. You know what my first question was? <laughs> right. Go ahead. Go ahead. He, he quoted what the best NFL defenses do, and he didn't do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> That's my point to this. I'm like, yeah, you're you're right, but you didn't do that, Armadillo. <laughs> like. Uh, like, let's take Carlos Dunlap and let's drop him back in coverage. 
what the hell is wrong with you? Oh, so Leo, we are not Armadillo fans. So I, his comments, I, dude, he's got to prove it on the field to me. And I know I, Bengal Jim was right. They've had a, a ton of injuries on defense last year. Pretty much all of our free agents that they signed got injured. So get those guys on the field. It's going to make a difference. I just don't like Armadillo's schemes. I just I don't like them. But I, I, listen, I will be glad to be wrong. I will call him by his real name if he gets his defense fixed. Uh, you know, so no more Armadillo. It'll be whatever his name is. But that's you know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way with you. He's got to prove it on the field. I mean, this is a guy that's been a defensive coach for like 20 years. You know, between college and the pros, and when I seen the uh, schemes that he was running last year i'm like really come on now um i hope he puts together a better defense because he has to know he's playing for or, or he's coaching for his job this coming yes. year well they all uh, are yeah all of them are yeah zach is the, this is the end of their contract this is it well leah says she thinks the Bengals should be aggressive in the draft and trade up and get chase or Sewell. see i i disagree with that because there's a very good chance that one of those guys are going to be there. And there's a very good chance that the Bengals could trade back and get Slater, who's in some drafts, Slater's just as good as Sewell in some mock drafts. But, you know, it's that's why it's called a draft. Nobody really knows until, you know, what, what happens. So Exactly. I totally get where she's coming from because, you know, a lot of people that have read that really like Chase and Sewell they really want him, and they're like, well, let's trade up. Well, the problem with that is, you know, you got to give – to trade up, you got to give up something. And I just don't really think that they should trade up a couple spots just to give up. Um, right. Yeah. We, we have I, too many holes that need to be filled. I mean, I don't think we have a ton of holes. I think we're closer than, than most people think we are. But I, I, I love Jennifer's comment. Lou, your question should be why. Why did they keep you? I completely agree with you, Jennifer. <laughs> that's what I want to know. Why did they keep him? But that's where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to get because to, to move up, you got to give up one to fifth pick, probably another pick, and it's not like we have people. We have to give up more draft picks to move up, and the, thing, the Bengals can't afford to give up the draft picks. So I, you, you sit there, you be patient, you see what the market does, see what the draft goes, you know, because a lot of what the Bengals do in the draft hinges on free agent free agency it you know it depends on that a ton that that will pretty much set up for what they have to do you know that's why i kind of wish they would get a tackle <laughs> you know that way you don't have to, to draft sewell or slater but we'll see what happens yeah absolutely i'm i'm the same way how you are with that and uh you know I think somebody brought up a good question. It was on one of the posts. Um, I don't know if it was on uh, your page or if it was in Who Day Nation asking about if Chase and Sewell were gone, who do the Bengals take? And really, I just want them to get a good player. I wouldn't mind reaching for somebody like Darisaw or Slater in that, you know, in that, because if you think you don't want to, I know people want to go for the best available, but if you don't need that guy, like if he doesn't address a team need, reach 
a couple spots for a guy that will address that need instead of uh, hoping that you got a tackle later in the uh, or a tackle or a good wide receiver later in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. Because, you know, once you make that fifth pick, there's a lot of good guys that's going to come off there. And I still think the cream of the crops in the second or the third round. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of the, I don't, I'm the opposite. I don't want the reach. I mean, if they're, if Chase and Sewell aren't there, I would see if you can find a draft partner and I would only want to draft or drop down to like maybe between seven and eight, somewhere around there. Hopefully, hopefully that Slater is there because it's just, I Bengals have reached too many times here lately and they haven't worked out. So I understand what you're saying. And the, the other option is yeah. if Pitts is there, you can take him. So to me, there's going to be a lot of options that the Bengals can do. There's a lot of good players in the top five. And if there's a run of quarterbacks, that's good for the Bengals. The more quarterbacks that are drafted before them, the better chance to win all of them are going to be there. Now, Steve says the Falcons saying they're sticking with Matty Ice and they're picking Sewell. We'll see. I mean, Matty Ice is getting older. I mean, I could see that this, this, they say that. I've also, Red, where they said they're going to take Jamar Chase. So, I mean, man, this time of year, you can hear all kinds of stuff. And a lot of it is smoke. You know, they could be saying that, going, hey, we're going to take, hey, Bengals, we're going to take your 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 player here. You know, you might want to try to trade, trade up to us. So, a lot of this is, is smoke and mirror. So, I, none of us really know exactly what's, what's going on, to be honest. So, just because they say that doesn't mean it's actual fact. Oh, absolutely. And it goes back to what you said. You were talking about shore up a lot of this stuff in free agency. Because if you shore it up in free agency, then, you know, if somebody takes Sewell, well, you know, that sucks because we like to have him. But it's okay because we've already addressed the offensive line. And, you know, same way with, like, receiver. And, you know, (laughs) gosh, I can't say it. Cal Pitts is a a good player. But, man, I just can't see taking a tight end at number five. I just can't. Yeah, that, that's but what that's exactly me. That's what Steve was saying. If you sign two proven offensive linemen, offensive line free agents, and both Sewell and Slater are gone, why not Pitts? Uzama is hurt a lot, and sa- Sample is a lumbering lope. I tell you, I think Sample is, did, did a lot better last year than, than he has. And I really do think Uzama was actually going to have a really good year. Until he got hurt, I, you know, so I wouldn't sleep on Uzama. But I, I mean, that, that's the other option. You could take you could take Pitts there at, at five, and that's that's what I I said. There is going to be so many. I, okay, I would be absolutely shocked if Chase, Sewell, or Pitts, if all three of them are gone by the time we pick five, I'll be shocked because I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I just I just I just don't. I think there's too many quarterbacks, and there's and there's too many wide receivers because. That's the other thing, too. Does Atlanta want to fix their offensive line? Is it that bad? Or do they want more weapons to, you know, for Matty Ice to throw to? They, do they want to get Devontae Smith? You know, do they want to get – and everybody keeps forgetting about um, – and I forget his name right – the other wide receiver for uh, for Alabama who is their number one wide, wide receiver before he got hurt. Um, Oh, crud, what is his name? Huddle? Yeah, Huddle. Huddle. What's that? Waddle. Waddle. Yes, Waddle. Waddle, yes. Yeah, everybody forgets about him. And, dude, that, that boy can play. You know, everybody keeps forgetting about him. We're talking about Smith, we're talking about Chase. Waddle can play too. So that's another wide receiver that talent wise is good enough to go in the first round. 
he didn't have a, a very good year this year because he was hurt most of the year. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's another uh, player that, you know, a lot of people forget about. But, you know, it's somebody that can just uh, come in and he's going to be a great NFL receiver. And, you know, Devontae Smith is getting a lot of the love right now where Waddle got injured. But he's going to be he's going to be a good one. It would not surprise me if Waddle has a better career than Devontae Smith, you know, both well, coming out of Alabama. That, yeah, the thing that scares me about Smith is his size. Now, I know that, I mean, Tyreek Hill is short and he's been fine, you know. So, I mean, it, it you know, I know that's old school NFL. He's, you know, he's not big enough. But the thing is, Tyreek Hill is in the perfect system for him, too. Smaller guys, you know, you got to have a, a coach who knows how to use him, you know. So if, if Smith goes somewhere where they don't know how to use him, then it, it might he might be, end up being a bust. So that that's that's the, the thing you have to watch with these smaller wide receivers. You have to make sure you put them in the best position to be successful, which brings me back to Armadillo, where I've heard many times where he doesn't put his players in the best position to be successful. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just yeah, can't wait. You know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see what they do. And even though there's some players that I may not think that they should sign or draft, once they become a Bengal, they're my favorite player. <laughs> exactly. Once they become a squealer, I hate them. <laughs> All right. Uh, Leah says, Kyle Long, unretired. Do you think the Bengals should go after him? I mean, it's worth a phone call. I mean, see where he's at. That's that's you know, that's what I would say. I mean, yeah. Zach has said it multiple times. All options are on the table. They they are open for business. They got, I think, the fourth as of, I don't for sure how how much money they have, but open uh, on you know what the salary cap hasn't been set. We're not sure how much below the salary cap they are. But last time I checked, they had the fourth most money to spend in the NFL. So they're open for business. They're actively, aggressively going to go after people. And like I said, I guess it's going to be like the wild, wild west. So if they're out there, I think the Bengals are going to talk to them. And I read something. I can't remember where I read this at, but it was a good point. This is going to be the most unique and important draft since, you know, probably the first draft because like in the, in the 1968, because the Bengals, can't go out and see these guys. You know, there is no combine. So you got to do everything by Zoom. You can go do the pro days, but not everybody's going to do a pro day. So these guys in your second, third, fourth, fifth round, they're not getting pro days probably. At least, you know, not their own. So if you go to, say you go to uh, West Virginia and you want to watch the seniors pro days, I mean, how many seniors they got out there? You have to watch every, you know, each individual one. It's going to be harder for the teams to to figure out the talent wise and if it's gonna if it's gonna fly in the NFL. And I always think the Bengals have got a little bit of a advantage on that because they are a smaller scouting staff. They've had to do stuff that other teams don't have to do. So this might come to an, an advantage for the Bengals this year. Oh absolutely. And the, you know that is one thing, you know, when we were talking about this draft is different. And we talked about the COVID draft last year where they still had workouts, had a combine last year. Right. They had everything normal except the draft. Yeah. 
Well, some of the pro days got canceled, and honestly, I think that Duke and Zach, where it was just pretty much them, you know, on draft day, right? They they had a fantastic draft last year. Oh yeah, and, they had a great draft last year. Yeah, and I think that's going to happen again, and I, you know, I hope it does. I know they're not. You know, you were talking about their limited uh, scouting staff. They're not going to be able to go to every single pro day. And, yeah, um, I don't know. I just – man, it's just going to be crazy this year. You know, you, you look at these players. But one thing I've talked about before, I just wanted – I know I'm rambling on, but I just want to yeah. say real quick, they went after – last year they went after character. You know, they went yes. after good players. But they went after team leaders, academic All-Americans, and we've seen how a lot of those guys played. You know, a lot of these guys are going to have a good work ethic too. I look for them to say stay on a similar trend this year. Yeah, I I agree with you on on, on all of that. Now, uh, we'll take a couple of questions here. Sorry, six thirty. I think I'm going to roll one out here, but let me get these last couple of questions in there. Um, Leo wants to do. I think the do we think the Bengals should make a run at Shaq Barry? I would like to. Um, it depends on if Shaq will even give the Bengals the time of day. He might not want to because of what they did last time. Now, the problem is he's going to cost twice as much as he would have left last time when the Bengals should have signed him. So, yeah, I think they're going to take a run at him. It's going to be hard, I think, because he just won the Super Bowl. He's probably most likely going to want to go back to Tampa Bay. I, I would if I were him, but NFL players have to make as much money as they can because – you never know. This might be Shaq's last contract. He might get injured. Who, who knows? So that's one thing that NFL players always have to keep in mind to try to get as much money as possible. And the way, and it's not throughout the duration of the contract. It's the bonus money. It's the first year. Those are the, that's the only part of that contract. You're a big name free agent. That's the only part of that contract. The bonus money is guaranteed. The first year is basically guaranteed because they're not going to sign you, give you all this bonus money and then cut you. So, the first year of the bonus money is pretty much guaranteed. So that's the part where the Bengals have to make sure that it's a lot of front-loaded contracts. And so, yeah, long, long answer. But, yes, I think they, they will make a run at him. Will they get him? I have no idea. Just don't give him a $66 million signing bonus like the Cowboys did back. Good oh, yeah. Well, see, the, the Cowboys were stupid. They could have signed him three years ago for less money. I mean, he's a quarterback. All it's going to do is go up. I mean, that's and that's the thing with Burrow. The Bengals need to lock him up before he gets to, you know, like it, like it does with Dak. We're never close to that. We got at least two years before that happens. Steve wants to know why do I have three names? <laughs> why do you have three names? What the Iceman? It's my nickname because <laughs> I'm the Iceman. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> People call me that, so I just started putting it up there. Show sh- strawberry ice, so I'm red faced. They call me strawberry and ice man. Anyway, it's just something silly. <laughs> Steve Steve's a popular guy in Hootay Nation. He always has some. He has some good posts. He has some good comments. The dude. Oh yeah, him. okay. I know who Steve is now. Oh yeah, he's been giving me crap for being two different people in the group. Yes, yes, I know who you are now, Steve. <laughs> he's he says a cool guy though. i can't wait to go to cincinnati and have a beer with him sometime <laughs> yeah well you're you're uh supposedly 
You and me are going to actually get the meet face to face. We're going to be at the uh, jungle to the hall on uh, yes June nineteenth. Already can't wait. Think it's going to be oh. a blast. And oh man, yeah, it's a uh, bingo jam. Yeah. Bingo just want some good shindigs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to wear shindig. We use that down here in West Virginia. We're down there. And we're down there in, in West Virginia. We're gonna have a shindig, man. <laughs> yes sir but i can't wait i think it's going to be fun and i'm going to see a lot of people and that's what i've been wanting to do in the group is you know you you comment back and forth with these people even the people you don't this even the people you don't agree with i would love to meet them you know i would love to meet a lot of people face to face i think that's what it's about meet other Bengals fans and like i said i just can't wait yeah, I, I got a – well, I had season tickets last year, but I let them roll over because I wanted to go and have the full experience, you know, go tailgate with, with Jim and go to the game and everything. So I am all in this year. Hopefully we'll have a full stadium and maybe – well, you and me, it looks like we're going to meet <clears> – <throat> well, we've already met, but, you know, actually in person uh, going up there to uh, Bagel Jim's Jungle to the Hall. Now, for you guys who don't know, Bagel Jim has put together a rally it's not a protest. It's a rally for the Kens, Ken Riley and Ken Anderson, to get them into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a complete travesty that they're not in there. It's all on Bengal Jim's Facebook page. I shared it in Houday Nation. Tommy shared it in Houday Nation. Uh, I put it on the Strawberry Ice page. All the informa information you need is there. We're going to go there, have a rally between one and three. Then we're going to go into the Hall of Fame. Then we're going to go to a brew house and and they got he's got hotels and everything, so it should be a good fun time. If you can't be there for the tour of the Hall of Fame or anything, the biggest part we need people is one to three. We need you there to represent the Bengals fans, represent Ken Rowley, Ken Anderson, and make as much noise as we can. You know, smartly. We're not rioting. This ain't that. We're we're gonna have fun, grab a rally, tailgate, has a has a good a good time up there to get our voices heard of how these guys should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm trying to get a Ken Riley jersey. But good God, they're like 200 some dollars. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, I was thinking it'd be like 100 maybe 150 but they're like, oh, yeah, we're getting it for like $230. Like, what the hell? I don't need that kind of money to spend on one freaking jersey. My wife would kill me. <laughs> so I, I was talking, I, I text. Ken Riley Jr. and I was like, hey, I said, I'm trying to get the jersey from your dad. He goes, oh, man, I had like 10 or 20 of them that were signed. I gave them all away. I'm like, damn it. I wish I would have known you sooner. God. <laughs> hey, the light bulb just, did you see a bright light? The light bulb just went across my head because I'm like, oh, yeah? I'm wanting a Ken Riley. I got the perfect solution. What's that? Sunday night, we seen that eBay seller that supposedly leaked Joe Burrow and Sam Hubbard jerseys. The new jerseys on eBay Sunday night. Let's see if he can get us some Ken Riley jerseys. There I'll you wear go. The purple one. I'll wear the purple one. You can wear the green one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. That sounds good, Tommy. That sounds good. <laughs> so anyway, make sure you guys uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell about the rally. We got to try to get these guys in the Hall of Fame. Other than that, Tommy, I think I'm going to roll on out of here. But as always, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm glad your internet made it. Good job to the West Virginia internet. Internet, That's awesome. 
for tonight, man. I'm glad you had me on here. It's always a blast. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Who, who needs Jeremy? I got Tommy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so going to rub it in later on. Oh, I, oh, I am too. I, I would too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Take it easy, man. Who day? Yes, sir. Have a good one. Who day? All right. Well, that brings me to the Facebook groups that I, well, I almost said help run. I don't help run any of them. Well, except for mine. But uh, that I, they let me live stream, and I appreciate all of them. They're a bunch of crazy, awesome people who run these groups, and I invite you guys to join every single one of them. They are Hootay Nation, Ohio State Bucknuts, Cincinnati Reds, Ryan Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, and then the Ice Bar, which is mine. That is the show page. Me, Jeremy, Tommy, Josh, so much people post all kinds of different stuff in there. Uh, different means, different stories, just fun show stuff. It's a fun group to be a part of. Uh, if we ever can go anywhere, you know, I'll post different uh, events that I'm showing up to. If you guys want to come hang out or whatever, to the ice bar. Uh, I'm on Facebook under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I have 605 likes. I have 684 people are following me. That is awesome. That page is starting to blow up. It is great. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'll be putting the sound up later today on the podcast, podcast version. It'll be on Apple iTunes, BeanPod, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. I will be there. So if you missed any part of the show, if you can't watch the replay, you can listen to it if you're at work or anything. Put your earbuds in or you want to listen to it on your computer. Check it out there. Like I said, you can always watch the replay on YouTube. YouTubers, I am at 849 subscribers. I appreciate every single one of you guys. It is awesome. Let's keep it rolling. Try to get to 1,000 as fast as we can. Other than that, you guys have a wonderful week. College basketball is happening. I'm going to watch that. Blue Jackets are on tonight. I'm going to watch that. So all kinds of sports going on. It's awesome. I love it. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!